You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 87 with Jess Connolly. But I'm not going to have 20 kids over to my house with cupcakes and like 18 different banners and a and a backdrop for everybody to take pictures with. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I am so glad you found the show. Now, if you are a returning listener, I am excited that you decided to come on back. If you haven't yet hit subscribe to the show, make sure to do that now. And it would mean the world to me if you would take a screenshot of your phone as you are listening to this episode and post it to social media. Now, you can find me on Instagram at Amber Sandberg. Feel free to tag me because I absolutely love seeing your comments and how the episodes are inspiring you. So it would mean so much to me if you would do that. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. I love to travel and uh, I love asking, what is your favorite vacation spot that you've gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Okay. Woo. Oh man, I might have to do two. I might, I might have to do like with kids or without I kids. I love it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. With kids, I love taking our kids to the Outer Banks. We live in Charleston, South Carolina. So it's crazy. We live in like a vacation town. We live at the beach. We try to really recognize that that's a huge blessing. Um, but it's also incredibly hot. And I love going to the Outer Banks in the summer because it's a lot cooler. It's beach town, but it's different vibes. Um, and a lot cooler. So I love doing that with our kids and just like exploring lighthouses. And um, they, there's certain beaches where there's wild horses that live on the beach. It's just beautiful. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, oh, without kids, my husband and I went to Tulum in Mexico two oh, years ago. And that was a dream. Yeah. Mm. And I would go back there like today. I would I would hop on the plane today and go back. So I am a newly travel agent. And so I just did, um, I just did training for a amazing resort in Cabo and I'm just going to be working around through Cancun and all that. So I would love to know where you stayed in Tulum. We actually stayed at an Airbnb that is very well known. We, um, we see people's pictures of it all the time. Like, we're like, Oh, they stayed at our same Airbnb. Um, and it's just a great little beautiful Airbnb, like, you know, in Tulum, there's like jungle Mm -hmm. and then there's like a little town. It's more in the town. So it's not in the jungle. Um, and we loved it, but there's another Airbnb that I have a friend that stayed at in Tulum that has a whole floor that is just made out of a hammock. Wow. So like a second, (laughs) the second floor of the house is a ginormous hammock. I can't even imagine. Like, that sounds amazing. They, you can like lay on and see to the bottom floor. And that is where I want to stay the next time we go to Tulum. So how, 100%. Did you, how did you even find this Airbnb? The one you stayed um, at? The one we stayed at, it was, it's one of the highest rated. So if oh, you just okay. search Tulum on Airbnb, it's one of the top ones that comes up. Um, and it's really noticeable The all of the exterior walls are pink. And so oh, you'll okay. like see it from the yep. get go. It's like yep. bright. Mexican paints. It's pretty easy to find and, and we just risked it, but loved it. So what do you love about Tulum itself? I like that Tulum is, a, it's now a tiny bit touristy. So some people would say like, oh, it's too touristy now. Like 10 years ago was when Tulum was awesome. But I like a tiny bit touristy, yeah. like, especially if I'm outside the U.S. I know Mexico isn't like wildly outside of the U.S., but especially if I'm outside the U.S., I like to have like, to be able to like, 
to read some things in English, yes. understand a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like that Tulum is a mix of like earthy and bougie. It's kind of fancy, but it's kind of, it's also super earthy. I mean, oh, most restaurants are outside and, um, it's um, almost everything is open air. Um, but it's, it's just kind of like, um, it's also, you know, super affordable. So, I mean, I, we just could not get over like food, drinks, how, how inexpensive everything was. Yeah. Um, but it's not, um, it's not commercial. Even the touristy parts are, are like a little higher end. It's not, it's not commercial at all. You're not going to see a ton of families there. You know, it's, yep. people are coming for like a slightly more exotic getaway. Yes. I had friends go there and I guess there's some overwater bungalows and, um, yes. which I think is a great option because I, I don't know which resort that is. I should figure that out since I'm a travel agent. But, um, I, I think what is nice about that is it's not a far flight to be able to get that mm-hmm. overwater bungalow feeling versus having to fly to Tahiti or something like that. <laughs> which is not really yes, ris- exactly. realistic for everyone. Yeah. So, uh, you have me thinking about Tulum now, so I have to do some more oh. research. So that sounds, that <laughs> sounds amazing. Um, okay, yeah. well let's get started. How about you share a little bit more about yourself? So, uh, tell us what your name is, where you're from, which you did a little bit, and then how many kids you have, and then we'll jump into how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Well, I'm Jess Connolly. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. My husband and I live here with our four kids. Um, we have four kids and one kind of wild dog. And here in Charleston, we started a church a few years ago. So that's our main occupation. But I also write and travel to speak a good bit. Um, and yeah, that's what our life is like. Little little nutty, but awesome. We love it. Yeah. So there's two things that I want to talk about uh, with you. So I found out who you were when I went to my very first business boutique in 2016 in Nashville. You were the MC, And I just remember thinking this girl has really thick hair and she has bright red lipstick on. And she just (laughs) told everybody that she loves that, that you love us. And I just thought this girl is great. I love her. Um, And you're like, Oh, did I say that a little too early? I was just like, this girl is hilarious. And so um, I really enjoyed that. You did a great job. And then the other thing is, so I have done an Enneagram podcast. Um, So there's an Enneagram coach, um, Beth McCord. She lives in um, the Nashville area. I don't know if you're familiar with her name because I know how much you love Uh Enneagram. And I did coaching with her, my husband and I, myself, with her to kind of learn more about it. And I have seen either on one of your Instagram stuff that you are a two. Is that correct? I'm an eight. Oh, you're an eight. I, oh, you're, yes. is your friend a two? No, you want to be a two. Is that I correct? said, yeah, you except want... <laughs> for some days when I want to be a okay. two. So yeah. I'm a two and I've had to learn, I've had to learn how to deal with a two. And, um, so if, if nobody knows what the heck we're talking about, you guys can listen to my podcast that is on, um, on Instagram. Uh, but I love that. I love that you're an eight. Um, I have, um, a couple friends that are an eight and, uh, what, what's one thing that has st- stood out to you that you're like, yes. I am an eight mm. that you realize once you understood your number. Oh man, literally everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I most notice, I most notice things I'd like to control mm-hmm. of, of other people. So, um, I, a lot of times if, if I feel like people aren't talking fast enough, I will give them like social cues to try to make them speed up. And that's something I wouldn't have even noticed. Like that's so controlling. That's so funny to, to try to like make someone talk Talk at the speed you want them to talk at. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I've, I've genuinely so stopped a meeting before and said like, Hey guys, I feel like we're all talking a little slow. Could we just talk a little faster? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that's the controlling. That's I think controlling. Too, okay. now that we can speed up things though, like when you're listening, like you can yes. just hit the, yeah. I think So you're just trying to like hit that button to be like, yes. Oh wait, you're like, this is real life. This is not a podcast or something that you can just speed it up. <laughs> right. Right. Oh gosh. I love it. Yeah. My friend who's an eight, she says that sh- her boss would have to teach her like, you need to add fluff to the email. Like you can't just sound like so direct over email. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's like such a waste of time to be adding in fluff. So you saying that you want to speed things up, yes. it kind of reminds me of that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's jump into how you got to where you are today. And um, we'll talk about uh, the devotional that you wrote with Haley Morgan. Uh, But just kind of, you know, take us back a little bit to how this journey even started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Haley and I met when we were both mommy bloggers, essentially. Um, We both like just had normal blogs where we wrote about our kids, wrote about our lives. And we got connected um, through the internet and we lived in different cities. But um, just started talking about similarities, similarities in our, in our lives and our careers. Um, we both ended up getting pregnant with our fourth kids around the same time. And so we were basically just internet friends. Um, fast forward a few years later, we had this crazy idea to start a women's conference together. And so we started the influence conference, um, in 2013 or maybe 2012. And did that, ran, ran a conference for a few years for women who really just wanted to be equipped to use their gifts, either online or in their local setting, um, kind of helped women with some strategy around using different gifts, running businesses or podcasts or writing, or speaking or teaching, um, and also just encouraging their hearts at the same time. Um, and a few years into that, we got a, approached by a publisher who said, hey, you know, have you two ever thought about writing books? Um, have you ever thought about writing books together? And out of that came, um, uh, an interesting start in a publishing for both of us. We ended up writing our first book together called wild and free. Um, and the tagline of the book was for the woman who feels always enough and never too much, or I'm sorry, for the woman who feels, uh, too much and never enough. And, um, from there, we both went on to write other books. I wrote another book. Um, I, I'm working on a, uh, a third book right now. Um, but about a year after Wild and Free came out, our publishers came to us and said, you know, women are really not done with this message. They're really still wanting to talk about how they feel too much and never enough. Do you think you guys um, could write more about it? And we thought, oh, absolutely. Um, so they came up with this idea for this devotional that would be a flip book with a hundred devotionals for when women feel like they're not enough and a hundred devotionals for when they feel like they're too much. And we just wrote really particularly to, um, to particular topics that we had heard from women after writing and releasing wild and free, we'd hear from all these women who were like, what about blank? What about, what about when I do this? Or what about when this happens? How do I apply these words then? Um, and so we just wrote specifically to those topics and that's how the devotional came to be. And, um, it's been out about um, three weeks, two weeks, and we are truly loving it and loving seeing women enjoy it. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I love the cover. Um, 
I think it looks great. It reminds me of the ocean. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I love how you can flip it and, and then, you know, the devotions on the other side too. It, it's really, it's really creative and neat. And I like how you guys went about it. Um, so with always enough and never too much, um, how was it for you to write this? Like, how was the process? Is it easy for you to write books? Uh, is it yeah. like torture? I mean, what do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It really depends on the book. I mean, Wild and Free for us was um, really life-giving to write. It was pretty simple. It was pretty straightforward. And and it was just a, a like really good first book writing experience. Um, my second book that I ended up writing on my own was not a really easy experience. It was kind of gut-wrenching and hard and took longer than I thought. Um, but Always Enough, Never Too Much was genuinely, it was really simple. Um, because it was so topical and because it was things that we really saw women working through and working on, um, it was really easy to just speak truth to them and to encourage them and, um, and to write those so quickly. So we, we ended up calling it a secret book because we barely told anyone we were writing it. We didn't talk about it online and we honestly wrote it over the course of like a month. Um, wow. Haley took 50 devotionals. I took 50 <laughs> devotionals. Yeah. We wrote about two or three a day and banged it out. And when it was done, we were like, oh, we love this book. We genuinely love it. I, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking like you knocked it out in a month. I mean, that is so quick. Um, yes. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, in the book, you talk about this generation being inflicted with addition disease. So can you share mm-hmm. with us what you mean by that? Absolutely. Um, well, I, it's about to be Mother's Day. And in light of that, I have what I believe to be just one of the actual world's greatest moms ever. Um, my mom was a single mom when I was growing up and it's just my hero. And I noticed a few years ago that I was really struggling with comparing myself to her. And I would look back and think on my childhood. I would think about how her bed was always made. I would think about how I've never seen her in sweats. I've genuinely never, like, I, I've never seen her with dirty hair. <laughs> um, she always wow. has makeup on. That's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And I just was thinking about myself, like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just a mess. Like, why am I not as good as my mom? Like, why did I, why did her, like, excellent skip a generation. Um, and one day I was just telling her like, you know, I just, how did you do it? How did you do it when we were little and how did you have it all together? And she was like, Oh my gosh, listen, she said, your generation is so confused and you guys have added so much. She said, I want to tell you, like, I want to free you up because when I was a mom, we did not have all the things that you have. She was like, we didn't have to have Pinterest type homes. We didn't have to have hot bodies. And she was like, none of my friends exercised. Like in the eighties, in the seventies, she was like, you had one friend who exercised. Like you didn't have friends Mm -hmm. running triathlons or like every mom, you knew running a half marathon or going to CrossFit. She was like, none of us had side gigs. We didn't know we we could or that we were supposed to. If we worked a job, we worked a job. If we were stay at home moms, we were stay at home moms. She was like, it wasn't that a lot of us were like, right, having a podcast, writing a book, yep. also mm-hmm. selling jewelry, you know, and she was like, you guys have just added so much. She said, we we wanted our homes to look nice, but we didn't need them to be like designer. And we certainly, you know, we, we, we didn't need to like do social media or any of that. So she was like, all, all you guys have done is add, you're going to have mm-hmm. to really give yourself the grace to take some things off. And so I see that for sure in my life. I see that as I've grown and as I've 
Um, as I've like learned what things I love, I've had a really hard time letting go of the things that aren't life giving to me. Um, it's funny, Haley and I didn't write about this in the book, but one of the things that we first did together when we were internet blog friends is we wrote, um, a blog series every week. Haley and I would both write a blog post called giving up on good. And Mm -hmm. every week we would share something that we were giving up on, um, that we just said like, you know what, we just want to be honest about the things we're not doing. So we'd say, for example, I think my first one was like, I'm giving up on kid birthday parties. I I love my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm going to massively celebrate their birthday. I'm going to make sure it's life-giving and fun for them. And we do lots of fun activities and they feel celebrated, but I'm not going to have 20 kids over to my house with cupcakes and Mm -hmm. like 18 different banners and a, and a backdrop for everybody to take pictures with. And so just the power of telling women, like you don't have to do it all. You can't do it all. And it's actually really beautiful that you like acknowledge what you're not going to add on. Yeah, I agree. And I, I too don't really do the big parties. It stresses me out when I'm an introvert. So just the thought of having yeah. so many people over and the cost is really high. And, you know, I, I think like doing it every couple of years is fine, but definitely, I mean, every year, plus you have four kids. I mean, that's a lot of birthday parties to have to that's do. A party. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I yeah. feel like if you don't love that, like if that doesn't give you life, then don't worry about it. I mean, but if you really do love it and it, it gives you life and energizes you, then I'm like, hey, cool, go for it. But but that is where, because we can compare on social media, that's where you really start to see like, oh, I'm not doing this or they're doing that and all this kind of stuff. And, and like your mom was saying, we didn't have, they didn't have that back then. So really they were only comparing to the people that they were in direct contact with, you know, and, yeah. and even that you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know what anything looked like, right? Unless you were at the party itself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to jump into this next part that you talked about being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Um, do you share, do you mind sharing with us um, which one you have? And then also Absolutely. what are some of the things that yeah. you realize you've had to do in your life to kind of, you know, just keep yourself healthy? Mm-hmm. Well, I have Hashimoto's, um, which is like an extreme version of hypothyroidism. And comes also with a, like a fun slew of other symptoms yes, and I'm other familiar. autoimmune yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, a few things I've had to do. Um, I have to exercise. I mean, I have to exercise. I I have to exercise. It's I and I've I, the people around me have learned. You know, it's not just it's not just for my endorphins. It's not it's it's actually very little about like fitness or me looking super fit. It's really about me not getting sick. Um, if I don't like pretty hardcore sweat about five days a week, I just start to feel pretty bad. Interesting. Um, Mm. yeah, I have to obviously really watch what I eat. I eat almost totally gluten-free and dairy-free, um, without being super strict about it, but just knowing like, that's what makes me feel best. Right. Um, sleep really important. Dry brushing is really important for me for my autoimmune disease, um, just to, keep my lymphatic system moving and keep everything working well. And yeah, um, those are my big ones. Those mm-hmm. are my core, my core. Yeah. So I deal with adrenal issues and um, mm. I, in my early twenties, I got married and then I got, uh, I went to school full time and then I was working full time and I got my undergrad, my graduate degree. And I think that kind of tanked my adrenals and then getting yes. pregnant And then I had C-sections that I wasn't planning. I think that tanked my adrenals Mm -hmm. and then being up all night and then trying to nurse. And 
Yeah, I just feel like whoa, uh, and and um and same here. I have to. I protect. I'm I'm pretty ruthless with my sleep. Um, my husband will. Mm. Um, he'll he'll joke around because if if I because so I wanted I I really wanted to have more than two kids, but I really had to be like I don't know if I can yeah. do it because it's the getting up in the middle of the night that just kills me. It's like, Oh my gosh, I feel like a train has hit me where I would notice other. So here we go with the comparison, right? That other mm. moms, they totally would have so much energy running, pushing a stroller, doing 500 things. And, um, right. I just like, I can't get up. I feel so exhausted. And then I noticed too, um, the gluten, the, so gluten, sugar, and, mm dairy, right. Um, that they'll just kind of make me feel awful. I have to watch my, my caffeine intake because with adrenals, you have to be careful about that. Um, so I totally understand what you're saying and, um, and it's hard to see it, right. Because on the outside you look, you know, like anyone else. And so, you you know, you just have to protect yourself or, or you're kind of like, you're not worthless, but you're, you're just not, you know, at your full capacity to be the best version of yourself. And so I'm curious with the dry brushing, do you, do you feel like you need to do that every day or is there a certain amount in the week that you really try to hit to feel about good? twice a week? Oh, yeah. Okay. About twice a week. I wish I did it every day, but yeah. I've, I don't think that's like best for you to do it every day. Oh, is what yeah. I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. I think twice a day. The sugar is a big one. I'll yes. tell you. I'm, I know with adrenals for sure. And same with mine. And I've had to tell people like, this isn't, this isn't like a watch what you eat thing. This is yep. a like, I will feel depressed mm-hmm. and, and sick. Like yeah. me turning down your cookie cake is not me being like conscientious about my thighs. It's right. me yeah. saying like, I have to function tomorrow. Yeah. I have to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to yep. work, which yep. means I can't have a piece of cake today. Oh yeah. So, well, I've noticed, yeah. so I'm not a big drinker, but I've noticed that even if at a party, if I have a few sips of a cocktail, that's a their fun cocktail for the party. Um, it will make me so exhausted the next day. And I'm mm-hmm. talking like two to three sips and right. I'll just be like, why am I so exhausted? Well, a lot of times those parties would mean that I'm staying up late. So then I would think, oh, that was me staying up late. But then I started to realize, no, it's, that is part of it. But there's this heavy feeling. I, when I get out of bed, if I've had alcohol, I'm like, it's like, I'm almost like going to sink right into the carpet. I don't know. It's so weird. And I'm just like, see, that's one of those things that are really not worth it to me. Sugar, on the other hand, that is really hard. I love carbs and I love baked goods. And so that's the kicker for me that I always have to be careful about. But so I understand what you're saying that, you know, you do have to be very careful, um, just with all of that, or you're just not going to feel good. And as a mom, you know, you really do have to feel the best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even on your good days, you still may be like, Oh my gosh, this is a really hard day. Yeah. So so I love that you shared that with us. Um, okay. So back to the book, you mentioned that, um, that you believe that we are never stuck. Um, and so I would love for you to share with us what you mean by this. I know that people may be dealing with, you know, whatever, maybe it's infertility or waiting for a job or having a strained relationship with someone and they just may feel stuck. So what is your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I hear so many women say it. Like I hear so many women say it these days, like, I just feel stuck. I just feel stuck. And I started to notice that really gives so much more power to our circumstances um, and to what is happening around us and to us than I think we need to. Um, And so I have like four simple, if you feel stuck, here's what you can do. We can always go down. And by that, I mean, we can repent. And that's like a very fancy, you know, religious word for we can look at what we've done wrong. 
um, we can say like, okay, if you feel stuck, if you're in a situation, is there something you did to get here? Is there something, um, is there some step that you took, um, that maybe didn't serve you well? And, and to take the power away from it by saying like, okay, I regret doing that. I'm not going to do it again. That, that really will make you, I think immediately feel unstuck. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of times, sometimes we make a bad decision or we, or we add too much to our schedule or we like go some way in a relationship. And then we just feel like, well, now I'm here. This is where I live. <laughs> you know, this is where I, this is where I go now. Yeah. And we just forget. We have so much power to say like, oh, I regret that. I wish I hadn't done it. I say we can always go up. We can always praise God. We can always thank him for what's happening in our life. We can always be grateful. And that usually immediately, you know, just shifts our mood. Um, it changes about, it, it changes our outlook about what's going to happen and it changes our outlook about where we're at right now. You know, perspective is everything. So to just kind of go up and gain some perspective and say, where am I? Um, what has happened? What is good? Um, I think can be so powerful. Yeah. I say we can always go back. Mm-hmm. Um, we can always look at the past and see, you know, how have things worked out before? How have I trusted God or how have I prayed for something before and how it's worked out well? How have I um, gotten myself out of situations like this in the past? How have I maneuvered this before? Literally, I was just thinking about the, that this morning. I was, um, I saw a tree that kind of triggered a memory in me. Um, and it was this memory of going on a walk, probably at this point now. Um, eight years ago, six, seven or eight years ago. Um, and it was, uh, I was on a walk praying for my husband to get this one particular job. And I was just begging God. I just knew like, he's got to get this job. He's got to get that job. Um, and he didn't get the job. And if he had gotten the job, honestly, our life would have been like drastically different Mm. in a not great way. Mm. Um, and I, I was, just like seeing that tree took me back to the past and reminded me like things really work out for our good. Um, and I can go back and remember that and remember, um, you know, that things that seem dark or that seem bleak or that seem hard or seem heavy. Um, there is so often just a silver lining and, and that God has a better purpose in it. Um, and then lastly, we can always take a step forward. And I think this just kind of gives some power to, um, you know, we can, we can change almost any, almost any situation we're in by speaking life over it, by asking for help, um, by getting up and, and shifting it by having a conversation. And, um, I just think to give women some power back in their day and, and remind them like, you are not stuck. This life is not happening to you. Um, you are happening to it. Um, and in so many ways, like we're in control of the perspective and the and the power and the presence that we bring to every situation. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that is really good to remember because, you know, I feel like the words that you say and just your mindset can really keep you into that in that place that you're feeling. And then you and then it's really hard to get out, you know, if you just keep yeah. dwelling on it. So I love that you bring that up. Hey friend, it's Amber here. I know as a mom, you can get so busy and things like travel can totally fall through the cracks, even though you may be dreaming of a vacation. So you may be thinking, yeah, that does happen, but how can you help me? Well, did you know that I am a travel agent? 
And lately, I've been booking some amazing anniversary trips from San Miguel, Mexico, to a Bermuda cruise, as well as London. So if you have an anniversary or birthday coming up and you want to get away with the family or even with just the hubby, I wanted to invite you to set up an appointment with me. It's completely free, both for the consultation and to use my services. So to book your time with me so that we can brainstorm some ideas and make these plans a reality, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash contact. Now let's get back to the show. You wrote, you wrote about your sister saying to you that you don't celebrate as often on social media. And when I read mm. this, I totally understood your reason behind it. Um, why don't you share with us why you pulled back on social media when it came to celebrating? Mm. I, yeah, I, I thought she was totally being honest when she said that. And I, I, and I knew she was right. I think I hesitated for a long time celebrating on social media, anything, my kids, my husband, um, you know, what was, what was going on in the job, even saying like, it's a beautiful day and I'm thankful. Mm. Um, because I found so many women really just responding with this kind of like, must be nice attitude. Um, like must be nice for you. Um, um that the weather was nice, <laughs> everything, like oh, everything yeah. about it, yeah. you know, like, Oh, must be nice that you're, that your family's happy. Mine's not. So you, um, so you would literally get messages like this. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That would be absolutely. so hard. I mean, I understand that and but people, and I, I'm not, I don't have a huge presence on social media. Um, and I already kind of feel that way. Cause I understand that there's that fine line, right. Of coming off like you're bragging. Um, but then people yeah. don't want, people don't want to hear you complain all the time either. So, so hundred percent. Yeah. So how about, how about you, how about you share with us how, if, if you are figuring out how to become more out there with celebrating again and, and where mm-hmm. you're at with this. And I mean, how long did it affect you that you kind of were not celebrating on so- social media? For anyway? me, it was years. It was probably oh. a good solid two years where wow. maybe some things I'd share, but they were really calculated. Yeah. Um, and how I feel like I've shifted out of it now is being very honest and real about both things, about the heavy and hard things. Now, a lot of it, right. We can't, I mean, Specifically, we laugh all the time because, you know, the hardest, the hardest thing in our life, probably besides parenting is church planting is the church that we lead here. And I cannot hop on social media and say, you know, hard day in our church, (laughs) Um, had a bad meeting, tides are down. Um, That would be (laughs) wildly inappropriate. So I have to find safe ways to share and to be honest, but I've found that the more that I'm honest about um, the heavy and hard things, I, you need the light to balance it out. Yeah. And, and, and the same with the, with the heavy, you need the heavy to make the light feel good. And so sometimes I'll just say, I posted a picture of my husband a, a few months ago and, um, I, I don't know, maybe I noticed it a lot with him. Like I would notice a lot if I posted about my husband, I'd get a ton of messages of like, my husband isn't like yours. It's not that great. And I would, I would want to say back, like, do you think that do you think that he doesn't annoy me? I just, I'm just not going to post on Instagram right. that I get mad that he never puts yeah. his key in the key basket, right. you know? <laughs> um, and really in general, I'm trying not to think about that myself. Like I am trying to find the good in him most of the time. And so um, I posted about him a few months ago, just like uh, thankful that our marriage was in like such a healthy place, but was honest to share and say like, it hasn't always been that way. Um, and it's only because it hasn't always been that way that I feel the freedom to say, like, I am very thankful that we're in a good place right now. Um, 
And so I think just being honest about about the heavy and bringing it into the light while also, yeah, also being really honest about what's good and what feels beautiful. Yeah. So do you feel has um, have people um, recently still been saying stuff like it must be nice um, or has that calmed down a little bit? I would say it's always going to happen, but it yeah. has definitely calmed down yeah. a little bit for sure. Yeah. So, so when you get those messages now, how are you handling that to be able to not just pull back? To be totally honest, I try to just ignore it. Yeah, because that's a good idea. I used to try to answer every single one. Mm. Um, I would say another one, like probably second in line out after I get ones about my husband, I get a lot about our church. Like I just, I wish I had women like that, or oh, I wish I had friends like this, or mm-hmm. seems like your church community is really beautiful. I wish I had a church like that. And every time what I want to say is, do you realize we built it? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say. Like yeah. it, we we're church planners. We basically beg people to be our friends for two sure. years. Like yeah. this mm-hmm. isn't, <laughs> yeah, it's not we, easy. No, we didn't step into this and it's <laughs> not just, it is beautiful. And I am thankful that God, God's given us these people, but at the same time, we are the ones leading it and it is hard um, and heavy. And so I've, I, and rather now than saying that, I just will say like, I pray you find it yeah. or I pray you be it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Right. Right. I know. I I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes people, it's like, they're not realizing that you cultivated that. So you had to put so much intention into that. So it's like, well, if, if you wanted to go out and do that yourself, you could probably try to find that. And so I, I do think just with social media and all that kind of stuff, as great as it is, it can, it does give people, I don't know, sometimes I just see crazy comments and I just always am thinking about anything, you know, and I'm just thinking, yeah. who are these people and why do they have time to do this? Um, and so I yes. think you'll always have it, but I'm glad that you're, you're stepping back out there again, but I could totally understand that I'm just more of a private person to begin with. And mm-hmm. I do have to, oh, I, I, I naturally just kind of, um, don't say a lot of things because, I, you do, you do think about like, what are people thinking or, you know, is this making like someone else's life hard that day? But like you said, I mean, you, you don't want to be complaining all the time either. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants yeah. to hear that. So, um, no, I think that's great that, that you figured out a balance. Um, well, so Jess, we're almost at the end of the show, but I wanted to ask you to share with us, how do you get what you need to get done and maintain relationships. So just going back to the whole adding to life versus taking away, how do you work out and, you know, keep yourself healthy and have time to write books and parent and keep your relationship healthy with your husband and social media and trying to figure out why are people saying certain things to you? (laughs) Um, What have you learned through this journey to be able to try to balance this as much as possible. You know, I, I do feel like there's, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's all about the balance, which I don't, I don't think that really exists. I feel like some things are you're focusing on and then others you're not at that moment. But what have you found to kind of keep yourself the healthiest? And and when I say yourself, I also mean like your family, your friendships and all that kind of sure. stuff too. Yeah. Um, good question. I mean, number one, I, I, throw out anything that I just believe I should be doing automatically because I'm a woman, because I'm in my thirties, because I have four kids. Um, I would say like everything's on the table to not do. So, I mean, everything's on the table. I tell women all the time when they say like, right, how do you get it all done? I say like, well, first of all, it's important. You know, I only wash my hair twice a week. (laughs) I don't, I mean, I, I don't believe I have to have like perfectly done hair every day. I wear a hat about Mm -hmm. four days a week and I'm so down with it. 
and it helps me get everything done and I'm great with it. So if, if there's like an expectation that I should have, you know, perfectly done hair every day, that one's gone. I don't wear makeup every day. Um, I, in this season, like I'm not able to volunteer at my kid's school a ton. And I, I've had to kind of let go of that and say, it's more important that I be totally present, you know, in the afternoon when they're home and on the weekends. Um, and so to do that, I've got to work my little hiney off usually while they're at school. And I don't really have a ton of time to, to do stuff like that. Um, and then I would say number two, I ask for a lot of help. Um, I think we absolutely can't do any of it alone. And so whether it's asking my husband to help with the groceries or to cook dinner, um, whether it's like teaching my kids from a really early age, okay, you're going to do your laundry and here's how it's going to get done. Um, or asking them to pitch in, asking friends for help. Um, I think all of us are willing to help our friends with their endeavors. And we're usually a lot less willing to ask them to help us with ours. Um, so I would definitely say I ask for a lot of help. And then I know, I know the non-negotiables for myself. I know what has to happen for me to feel like a healthy human. And I work around those things. For me, I've got to be with my kids from 3 to 8 p.m. Um, and I really want to have my phone not with me and I want to just give them all I've got in that, in that time. And so I'm willing to disappoint people, um, to do what makes me feel healthy. I'm willing to say no, I'm willing to turn down good opportunities if it means being with them. Um, and then I, and then I just work around that when I, when I look at my week schedule, I look at what I'm, what I absolutely have to do first. And then right after that, I look at what is most life giving for me to do. Um, and add those in, things in next, like exercise and um, reading and um, meeting with friends or spending time with my husband. And then after that, I add in any of the negotiables. Um, if there's time left, the things that I could do or that other people might think I should do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I add those things in last. But I, I would say the big three are number one, knowing I don't have to do everything. Number two, asking for help. And number three, being willing to disappoint people. Yeah. So two things stood out to me. Uh, what, what age do you start, uh, having your kids do their laundry? Um, I would say by three, I'm having them like bring their clothes downstairs and like put them in the things. Mine right now are, um, my kids are 11, 10, nine and five. Okay. So all my big kids hold a very big portion of the laundry. My five-year-old does bringing his laundry down and putting it up. Okay. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that stood out to me, um, being with your kids from three to eight. So mm-hmm. does that mean you, do you ever go out with girlfriends in the evening or do you just mean generally speaking, that is the time that you're with your kids or do you never like sway from that? I would just, I would say both and like, it has to be something really good. Or if let's say a bunch of my girlfriends are going out and it's somebody's birthday and they're going out at six thirty. Yeah. I really will try to say like, can I meet you guys at eight? Oh, okay. um, I might mm-hmm. miss dinner, but, and the only reason I would say that's really important for me is because I do have to travel for work. And so oh, gotcha. on what is like a normal day, mm-hmm. I, I travel probably once a month, twice a month to, to teach. And so when I'm home, I have to be kind of rigid about, yes. mm-hmm. about home, that you know, sense. because I don't, I'm, I'm gone maybe four or five days a month. And so yeah. the days that I'm here, I want to, I'm pretty rigid, yeah. but yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I approach everything with a ton of grace, Yeah. <laughs> but I think if we don't hold some things pretty, pretty strong, it's, it's, it's us that loses. Yeah. I think as women, we'll always serve the people. 
it's just us that we, we lose out on what makes us feel peace. We lose out on what makes us feel whole. I agree. Um, and so I'm yeah. trying not to, you know, lose my, lose yeah. my soul in the whole thing. So yeah. as we go into summer though, what, how does that change? Because are they still, are they with you during the day? So then you're with them. Does that whole schedule change and, or just get all over the place? Uh, we I, slow down a lot, but yeah. we try to keep some of those, the things the same. So, um, my husband takes a day in the summer. I take a day in the summer and then we usually have a nanny about three days a week. Okay. Um, but we keep the same like school ish schedule. So that yep. three to 8 PM is still like I mom see. time. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's great. Perfect. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, you guys, would you like to have every podcast episode in your inbox on Tuesday? That way you don't have to go search for it or have to remember that, hey, a new Mom Inspired Show has aired today. You can have that. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com and subscribe. If you're looking at it on your phone, just scroll to the bottom, enter your name and your email. If you're looking at it on your computer, it's going to be on the right-hand side. That way you won't miss an episode. And I'm also going to start including travel tips every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week. 